excited about money, right? Can I get an amen? amen. Y'all are wrong. <laughs> so this week, the Rotary has been delivering dictionaries to third grade students, and uh, we've got a few more campuses to cover. And sometimes we play a little game with them, and we, we have them search the dictionary uh, to find words and, and different things uh, after we've given the dictionaries to them. But when we tell them uh, we want to play a game with them, we, we try and see how many of y'all would like to play a game, and you know, some hands go up. Uh, then we tell them, well, how about if I told you if you get the right answer, we'll give you some money, and we flash some money, and then all of them raise their hands and they light up like it's Christmas. That's pretty interesting to see. And I think that's a, a commentary on our society. Because early on we learned that money can get us what we want. So it is easy for money, success, and possessions to become an obsession for us. And sadly, no matter if we have millions and billions of dollars, we will never have enough to be satisfied we will still feel empty. So they say wisely that money cannot buy us happy, happiness. And the Beatles say, Can't buy me love, love. Okay, that's all the singing I'm, I'm gonna do, I promise. But it's, thank you, thank you. But it's, it's, a, good, it's a good point, it's a good philosophy because uh, money can't get us the things that are most important in life. So here in this passage, Christ is asking us to reflect on our inner life. Who do we honestly serve and worship? Are we truly seeking God's kingdom first? Or are we seeking merely after ourselves? God asks for your devotion, not an occasional tribute. So I have a love-hate relationship with this passage. It can easily get us thinking in extremes, uh, which are dangerous. One of which goes that all rich people and wealth are evil. So I must give away all that I have and live without any comforts. Well, friends, that's a Buddhist ethic. Uh, and it is not what Jesus is saying here in this passage. That's not to say that some aren't uh, called to give away everything uh, because some are called to sell all their possessions and live a simple life like the rich young ruler who approaches Jesus in Luke's gospel and some in the first century uh, and later centuries also felt this way but many biblical heroes like Abraham, David, Job, Esther, Lydia and Joseph of Arimathea just to name a few were faithful servants of God who also had wealth. God has called and continues to call people who use their wealth to be a blessing to others. These characters balance their wealth with a humble and generous spirit. Their lives show that their primary devotion was to God and that any wealth was a gift from God to be well managed. So not all wealthy people, no matter how rich, have bowed the knee to money, or as our scripture sometimes says, mammon. 
We do not need to deny all material concerns. And we know that even the poor can sometimes fall into the trap of worshiping money because they often feel that if they just had more money, life would be better. So then coveting becomes a problem. And even I know that I have felt this way. If I just had a little bit money, more money to, to pay for my taxes and a little bit money for all this child care that I've got to pay for, uh, life would be easier. But the truth is, even if I had lots and lots of money, I'd still have financial worries at the end of the day. Another misconception is that it's not a spiritual thing to save and plan for the future. But we do need to save and plan, as Joseph did as the leader of Egypt. Saving and invest, investing money does not equate with a lack of faith in God's provision. Instead, it demonstrates common sense, good stewardship of the resources that we have been given by God. And by the way, that Bible, the Bible does not say that money is the root of all evil. And we have often heard it quoted this way. Instead, it says, the love of money is the root of all evil. All right, so now we've taken some of the common misconceptions and got them out of the way. So let's get to the heart of the matter. What is this passage talking about? What is Jesus saying with this storing up treasure bit? Frankly, it is a warning against the most basic and common idolatry of all. Money can quickly become the tool to turn me into my own God. Wealth or the pursuit of it can make you serve mammon. Many talk about this ideal of materialism in religious and spiritual circles, which is a strong desire for material goods of any kind. And even as Christians, we can fall into uh, what some people refer to as being materialistic. How do we know if we are tipping towards serving money and moving away from God? Friends, if you are even considering this question right now, you are probably in a good place. For it is about our attitude, what is inside. There are many motivations for obtaining wealth, including security, personal worth, power, independence, and pleasure, just to name a few. And all of these motivations, if they are not kept in check, move us away from the Lord as being our master and our provider. So it is for this reason, the accompanying verses that follow the text we read stress the importance of not being anxious. Jesus says, do not worry about how we will live and meet our daily needs. So if the first part speaks mostly to those who feel comfortable in their wealth, the do not worry section speaks to those who are struggling financially or who perceive that they might have financial worries in the near future. Either way, Christ is explaining that giving into greed or worry demonstrates a lack of trust 
and the creator of the universe. But that doesn't mean we're all going to worry. Uh, we're all going to have some greedy thoughts and intentions. But we don't want that to be the norm in our lives. Money allows us to indulge every fantasy, to believe that we are taken care of, to think that we are valued by others because we got some dollar bills. It allows us to feel that we have control over our own fate and sometimes even the fate of other people. And money allows us to pontificate that we do not need the help of others or anyone else, including God. And that is a dangerous place for us to be. So money is evil in the sense that it can easily corrupt one's soul. That is why we have this warning and many others throughout the Hebrew Scriptures and the New Testament. So, beloved, this leads us to the question, how in the world in our consumeristic, capitalistic, Society, do we keep God at the forefront? Jesus teaches here with beautiful metaphors of the heart and of the eye that it's all about refocusing our lives time and again. Whatever we sort and set our hearts on indicates if we are serving God or we have started to serve money. When we start feeling selfish or greedy, that is when we most need to practice generosity and hospitality. Tithing and giving to charity are spiritual practices because it helps us release our stored up material goods for the benefit of others. It allows us to let go when we are clinging tightly. And it is the best way to change our clenched fist into an open palm. Giving money away uplifts our spirit and helps us to avoid these unhealthy attachments to wealth. The best medicine for evil eyes that look with greed and jealousy is to refocus on God through giving back our eyes reflect where our heart is concentrated and centered. So do you spend a lot of time shopping for clothes, looking at boats, or dreaming of a bigger house? These are just a few indicators that our heart could be in the wrong place. And those kind of self-reflection will help us refocus back on our Lord. As followers of Jesus, our hope is to reflect from both our heart and our eyes the light of love that we have experienced in our own relationship with Jesus Christ. Service to our Lord is shown through spiritual disciplines and practices like hospitality and generosity. Any kind of expression of graciousness to others. We must avoid attachment to our own wealth and the strong desire to accumulate wealth, which is very common here in the United States. And it doesn't help that many of our celebrities and our reality TV shows that are so popular uh, kind of 
lift up this uh, living luxuri luxuriously uh, way of life. And so that becomes a temptation for our young people and many others. We know that money does not fix our problems and it doesn't take away our worry. It doesn't buy us happiness. It doesn't buy us love. And we do proclaim instead that God is our ultimate provider and master. And it is in God's very care that we will have all that we need. So Jesus is calling us to refocus our eyes and our lives on living for the kingdom of God and not building up our own kingdom that will be destroyed by moss, vermin, and the decay of time. Sisters and brothers in Christ, let us not enslave ourselves to the bonds of living for money, but instead let us live as beloved servants of the Most High, using our resources to benefit others. Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. This, after all, is what we proclaim. And Christ is the one who we worship and adore. So may we avoid the snares of storing up treasures by reminding ourselves that it all first belongs to and came from our true master, the creator of the heavens and the earth, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And to that triune and awesome God be all the glory now and forever.